guys. We are back. Another episode of TPA Tidbits, a Sentinel Pension podcast. I am the host and I guess the creator of this particular podcast. And today we have real life celebrities as guests. Well, that's what we call it. When are they coming? <laughs> where are they? I'm looking around the room wondering where are they? So we have Pete Bush and Bill Bush. They are, if you figured it out, brothers. They yes. have the same last name. And they have, would you say y'all co-authored this book? Absolutely. That is what it's called. Look, at, I am yeah. killing it today. It uh, the name of the book is called The Runway Decade. I will go ahead and put it out there. I got a sneak peek of this yes. book. And I was, I'm not a big... Those types of books kind of make me maybe go to sleep, okay? But I will say it, it, it caught my attention very quickly. I like the way that it was written. Like real terms, layman's terms, what are you trying to get to and why is it so important? So with that being said, thanks, guys. Yeah, oh, thanks great to be us. here. We Always good to see you guys. Yeah, and y'all are on time and everything. So, Absolutely. So let's talk about, I'm going to ask y'all a few questions because, Please you know, do. I am the host. Yeah. So you are the host with the your most. job. Okay. What in, what was y'all's inspiration behind the book? It had to come from somewhere. Yeah, I think it came probably about a year and a half, two years ago when we were really looking at who are our ideal clients. And a lot of them were business owners, uh, C-suite folks, you know, really business professionals that were approaching their 50s or in their 50s. They had established pretty good careers, had established a lot of little pieces in their financial life, but maybe some of them hadn't quite put it all together as a plan yet. And so when we were really looking at who do we do well with, that cohort, that group really stood out. So how do you reach them? Well, we had our own processes and and other things that we like to run clients through. We thought, man, this would be great just to speak to those people. So that's what it was born out of. Uh, I remember in December of 2020, just writing down a one page, kind of typing it up. Hey, I got this idea to reach these folks. Took it to Pete and uh, we ran with it. Yeah, we kind of looked at it and said, that's a thing. Yeah, that's something. And I, it, I think it's a thing. Also, I'm sorry. I did a total pod, podcast faux, faux pas. pas. Oh, faux pas. Am <laughs> I using the right word? Didn't know this I don't. I did not podcast. say the firm that you guys are from. Oh, because well, I literally, y'all's firm, I feel like I, you know, I walk in, I'm like, hey, I'm at my office. So <laughs> I apologize, but they are with Horizon Financial Group and we can kind of get into some of that yeah, too. Yeah. But yeah. It's funny because some people will say, not know what Horizon is, but they'll know one of us personally. You know, it's, it's just... You could say the Bush Brothers or Horizon, and they're interchangeable, I guess, at this point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, so so after he brought that in, I was like, that's something, because he's right. We had noticed uh, that phenomenon that lately people had been coming in in this little age range, and, of course, that co- coincided with some things we were reading in the industry that, you know, when you turn 50 or in your early 50s, people really get serious about the retirement they it's and we wrote it in the book there's something about turning 50 you cross over this hill and all of a sudden you can see it it looks real it feels like oh wow the clock's ticking now whereas maybe when you were mid to late 40s you weren't really thinking about it just head down moving forward so that all those great things came together and then right about that time uh, you know i have some mentors that uh you know that i follow one of them had put out a book about writing a book and it was called, you know, it was, it was by Dan Sullivan and Tucker Max. Mm-hmm. And I read that book. And, and the, really the thing that got us was that forever and ever, as a business person, 
you go out to the marketplace and you sell your ideas. Mm-hmm. What a book does is it is out in the marketplace and it sells you, it sells your ideas for you. And I thought about that and I was like, well, you know, that's a, that's a multiplier. That's a good way to put our process, our ideas out there in a way that more people can use them, more people than we could possibly work with could benefit from the thing. And that's, that's really why we move forward with it. Yeah, that sounds very intentional. And very intentional. And maybe strategic. (laughs) (laughs) Some some uh, coaching buzzwords. (laughs) I try to be strategic and intentional, and uh, you know that's a TBD on a daily basis. Yeah. That said, though, it's it's a tedious process. I did want to actually ask about that because I don't know anything about writing a book. That is not one of my dreams. I don't. It's not a dream come true for me because it's not a dream. But we've had on our Louisiana Ladies podcast, we have had a couple of authors on that podcast that are writing crime or uh, fantasy fiction. And so they've kind of walked us through that. I would feel like writing this type of genre of a book is a different process because, like, you can't just make stuff up and put it on a page. Right, right. Was there some research? I mean, you guys have a great process already, you know, because you you do serve a lot of uh, individual business owners. So I feel like you probably had some of that to pull from. I'm just wondering, did you have to kind of, were you starting to write something and were you like, oh, wait, we need to go back and double check that? Just out of curiosity. Yeah, well, for sure. And a great thing about this genre is nobody's accusing 10 of us of killing the same guy. So yeah. let's say that right True. off the start. True. Uh, but yeah, we, we do have some some great processes and, and even worksheets and, and things like that, Ooh. exercises that, that we've used with clients and, and prospective clients. But then it's kind of fusing that with actual stats and feelings about people that we've experienced just in conversations about what is happening in that decade? What's going to resonate uh, to the right people that, that read this book? And, it, and it's kind of just walking them along the process. We find a lot of this in, in financial planning and really almost any kind of planning is just overcoming those obstacles. So really spelling out a lot of the obstacles that we've seen and just how to get started on, on your journey. Can you give our listeners just a little um, taste of what one of those obstacles would be? Well, I don't want to give, we're not giving yeah, away yeah. the book here, people, but you know, well, just a common. taste. Well, I'll give you a few. One of them is disorganization. I mean, people come in disorganized. They have all these little pieces. They maybe don't know where their life insurance policy is. They've changed jobs a few times and they've got scattered 401ks and, and just statements that they don't really know what they are. So that's just pieces of their financial puzzle that really aren't on the same page and, and aren't really uh, achieving the same goal, possibly. I feel like probably... I'm, I'm, I'm like at least 75% of your clients come in like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I gave Andy a statement from AIG of a, a Roth account I opened up when I was 20. I was there like, do yeah. something. I don't know what to do with this. Mm-hmm. And then he told me it was an annuity. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So we, I don't we, know what I was doing. But. We talked about it in another interview that um, you would think that uh, people don't know where they're going. The vision process of setting goals. Most people don't set goals. We know that. That doesn't shock anybody. Right. Like, have you made a plan and do you know where you're going? No shocker there. The shocker is most people don't know where they are now. And that you would you would assume like, okay, well, this person wakes up every day in their own life and they have their, you know, 
401k and they have their bills and they pay their insurance premiums and and they know exactly they know from a they, financial standpoint exactly where they stand and they probably know where they're at and so we use this GPS analogy about how the very first thing you do in a GPS is you tell it where you want to go mm-hmm. and then it comes back to today and it says well where are you now and you know not knowing where you want to go and not knowing where you at where you where you are now that's that's a double whammy. That's what I say. That sounds yeah. like I'm just going to go out. I'm not a financial advisor. That sounds like a bad competition yeah. right there. So, so we talk about drifting forward, right? right. And right. I just had a meeting last week uh, in the office where, you know, you have a person, you know, right at the end of the runway decade, but is now ready to pull the trigger. And we started talking about common obstacles. And one of them on our page, there's, you know, drifting forward without a plan. And he was like, oh, he put his finger on it. He goes, oh, my gosh, that's that's me. And this guy's actually accumulated a lot of money. He's had a lot of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And at the very same time, he sits there and feels like, I don't know, I just kind of stumbled forward and accumulated this stuff. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know what to do in the next chapter. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the obstacles for sure. Yeah. yeah. And and so also in the content of the book, we use a lot of quotes that we've come across. And one of those that's really fitting right here is a, a baseball quote. Yogi Berra, he's one of those all-time baseball characters. It's like, uh, he says, if you don't know where you're going, you're probably going to end up someplace else. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, a yogiism. <laughs> you know, and yogiism. Yeah. But it, it applies here. Who knows where you'll end up, you know, really. And so the power of planning is, is another thing, is just quashing that fear of, of might what happened. You know, should, yeah. I, should I not leave? The okay. enemy of, of financial success is not having the best idea or making the most money in your paycheck or whatever, the biggest enemy is inertia. Mm. And people don't overcome inertia to take the steps to plan or to make the decisions. So if you can just either with help, and you see this in health and and wealth pretty commonly in fitness and health and nutrition and all that, is like if you can just get somebody to help you kind of overcome inertia and get some momentum, then you might be good. So I'll I'll talk about myself. (laughs) (laughs) Good. But I will say, and I tell this to people a lot, you know, I probably started a little bit later than what I should have just, uh, I I didn't, in the teaching world, it's not necessarily as, hey, you need to start saving for retirement. I'm not blaming anyone. It was just, it's just a different world. And I have told people over and over again, first of all, you need to have a financial advisor, financial planner, whatever you want to call that person. And it seems intimidating at first, especially, you know, to me, my husband is also a business owner and I'm kind of like, Patrick, you need to know what's going on. And so it's kind of all these things, like you said, like all over the place. And so it can be intimidating, but it, it takes work on the client's part. I always tell people, you know, it's it, you're going to get out of it what you put into it, but it is so worth it to have at least a once a year meeting or to have someone, even if you're like, Hey, I'm thinking of buying this house. Here's where I'm at. You know, just to, I'm a CPA and I do 401k plans, but that doesn't mean I can just, I have this, first of all, I don't want to plan for myself. I want Clint to tell me what to do. And I'm okay, Clint, that is what I'm going to do. You just tell me when to move the funds. Um, but I, I do agree. A lot of people stick their head in the sand because yeah. it's intimidating to them. They're, they might be, they might not want to go talk to someone and kind of admit like, Ooh, I don't, I might have a life insurance policy, yeah. but I don't know. But I feel like it's just like going to the doctor, right? Mm, and yeah. you know, sometimes you're like, Oh God, I'm gonna tell the doctor this. And they're going to be like, Oh my God, but they're not because they're yeah. doctors and they've seen everything. I, I feel like that's kind of the same with you guys. And, and it's just peace of mind to me 
that is pretty priceless when you know that you have a plan. Like, I feel like everyone who's disorganized, once they get organized and get a plan, yeah. you feel better. You just do. Yeah, it, it's not uncommon for people to show up and maybe have a little regret about where they are at this point in their life. But, you know, as we say in the book, you know, that that's the past. You're, you're making a pivot, hopefully right now, and looking at the future. And the thing about being in your 50s, if you're retiring in your mid-60s or even maybe a little later for some folks, you still have a lot of time. And you yeah. have time to make progress. And so that kind of fits in with the runway analogy. Because if you think you're on a plane and you start just barely creeping at the front end of the runway, and by the end of the runway, you're really zipping. Mm-hmm. And so that momentum can really build up. And if you've missed these opportunities along the way... The runway's pretty short all of a sudden. Yeah. So that's the analogy we use. We hope it resonates, uh, and I think it will. I love it. Yeah. Does it resonate with you, Lainey? It makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a visual person, so I'm like imagining it in my head. Yeah. 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 We, we mean, have a, like a video on, on the website, runwaydecade.com, and it's showing this plane just zipping down the <laughs> runway. And if you can imagine these reflectors are just, okay, there's another week, another month, another, you know, yeah. that kind of visual. Yeah, it goes by, it, it does go by fast, sure. you know. What are some, uh, I guess, what are some other obstacles that you guys talk about? You hit on one uh, that's important to you, and that's not just like, you know, do I want to go see somebody, but it's who do I trust? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is a, that is That's a big, true. that is a big hurdle to get over because, you know, you can, you know, you hear all the news about people that got taken advantage of here or there. So you ask them, you know, how do you find out? You just go ask friends that may use somebody and whatnot. Does that always yield the best answer? Maybe not. Because again, the person that you ask may not know what they have. They mm-hmm. might, may not know where they are. Um, but the, the absence of confidence I would say, or becoming confident to us is like the absence of anxiety, absence of worry. These are not things that just make your financial life better. They make your life better, mm-hmm. right? And if they make your life better, they the, your family, relationships, business, friends, everybody, everything's a little bit better. Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of at the heart of the message of the book is, you know, financially confident people make the world a better place better. in their own way, mm-hmm. you know? And... Let's go back. You said you alluded to this earlier. Financially confident to me doesn't necessarily mean you have to have the most money out mm-hmm. of everyone ever. You know, I think that's I think people interpret it like that, mm-hmm. but I, I don't I, I don't find, especially after reading the first hundred pages or so of the book, that that's really with the message that's getting across. It's about planning so you can feel confident and comfortable. Yeah, and I would say that you, what what you just said there is true in the sense that people that become confident all right is it's a it's a process it's not that it's not a sum of money it's not a status because all we all know people that have a lot of money but are worried to death Mm -hmm. and anxious and kind of always looking over their shoulder right so to say you know what you would think looking outside in like oh that guy's got it made he's making a killing he's living in this neighborhood driving that car he should be fine Mm. yeah not really and, and it's because what's going on inside their head. Financial success is very much behavioral. Yeah. So it's it's the emotions of fear and greed that, that kind of fight inside your head a lot. And eliminating fear and removing anxiety and worry, regret, Bill mentioned earlier. You take those things away, then you... It's it, it, it's hard not to be happy if you if you can remove all those negative things. Yeah, and so it's it's more about 
coming to grips with it's not so much about yeah it is somewhat about checking off this goal you know because hey i want to be at this stage at age 50 or whatever the case may be checking off goals that are positive things i want to buy the beach house or i want to redo the outdoor kitchen you know there are people that have financial goals like that it's actually uh just as equal and really i think first about eliminating the worries and the fears and the dangers that you're facing yeah, and I think we use this saying a lot, financial confidence hopefully will lead to you providing, prospering, and protecting for those you love. And so that's not really a dollar sign of yeah. saying you have to be the so richest person. You know, if you can accomplish those three things, you've probably done something pretty well worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? We get asked, we got asked this a lot recently too. It's like, hey, for someone in my situation, in my age, and you know, where I, where we're at in life and all that, how, how do I stack up to other people that you know, like me? And of course, our answer is you're one of one. Right? Yeah. There, there is no one that stacks up to you because everybody in a sense is playing their own game mm-hmm. when it comes to money and finances and retirement and success and all that stuff. And how long they want to work. Yeah. 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 You know, a lot I, of factors. I, I think there's a lot of, uh, actually, um, one of my team members, same as Casey, told me that he could see himself working into his 70s. And mm-hmm. I said, that's awesome because I am not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. So there that's we go. That's a different game. Like, it's like, a, well, not for me. But it's, but it's different for everyone. I mean, my yeah. father-in-law is going to keep working. He loves it. Yeah. Yeah. I like what I do, but I also like the beach. Yeah. <laughs> and well, naps and reading books. But, but you know, knowing you, you're not going to do nothing, no. right? There's there's all kind of ways to be productive. You know, you, you're such a great community person. You might find a cause that you want to dive into or whatever where it's not necessarily working for a paycheck because you don't need to do that. Right. You spend your effort and your energy on mm-hmm. something else. And entrepreneurs in general are terrible at retirement. They may take, they may sell their business and take a year or so off. We know some of them, right? Um, and, and yet, they're going to dive right back into something, start a new venture, help the kids get a business going, whatever. I mean, it's just it's, who they are. You know, um, you, you just have to say like, hey, you're not good at this retirement it's thing. A, I think that's also because we're Enneagram 8s. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Aren't you go. an 8? I'm an 8. And I'm an 8. Yeah. And what are you? I'm a 9. Uh, Andy's a nine, right? Andy's an, a nine. Andy is uh, surrounded by nothing but eights. Yeah, right. Oh, his in his life, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> must be That's right. Yeah. Yeah, probably. we're type A's, or yeah. typically I find. Yeah, Bill and I on these personality profile things, we tend to be a, a lot alike. Yeah. Pretty close. Yeah, yeah, we're pretty close on a lot of them. The quick start. Yeah, the Colby Quick Start, yeah. the, the ID. And the oh, yeah, I love, I love, I can eat those things yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. You like those, Lainey? Yeah. Lainey, Lainey's I'm a, far away from yeah, all of you, though. We're just going to be honest. Lainey, <laughs> I mean, she's about 40 years out from retirement. <laughs> <laughs> but it's never too early to save. That's right. And that's something valuable that I've learned from working here. Yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Oh, yeah. Our four hundred and one k department. Well, I feel like y'all look at our plan. We have a yeah. we have a lot of, of participation. Sure. Mm-hmm. You guys come out and educate everyone on an yeah. annual basis. I do feel like there was speaking of entrepreneurs being terrible at retirement. <laughs> I do feel like in the in that introduction of the book, you guys kind of laid out other you know the multiple uh, other obstacles or other things to think about. Like you're not going to. I mean, in my brain, this sounds wonderful. Bert, Bert Falk actually told me you get to a point in your career if you work too long that people just stop calling you. And I said, oh, <laughs> that happens? And he goes, yeah. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Literally just told me that. But, you know, I do think, uh, and David Winkler was really good about this, so I'll give him credit that, and y'all probably see this, people retire. Yeah. I'm retired. Like, 
I am out. I have a retirement party. I'm done. And then they wake up. And, like, maybe the first couple of days are nice because they don't have yeah. anywhere to be. And they yeah. can drink coffee at 930. And th- but they haven't planned for that part of their life. Yeah, right. and, and that goes, you've got the financial piece. And you've got, to me, like, the mental piece of it, too. Totally. You know, because I feel like there's people in retirement that if you don't have something to, if you want, how do I put this best? I feel like y'all... Both of y'all would be more eloquent. Okay, by the way, Bill basically has a radio voice. But um, uh, but you could get depressed. Yeah. For I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that's the right terminology. But, you know, even though we all work really hard, and maybe you didn't love the career that you had. But, I mean, my dad did set up a side business, and he told me last week, he's like, I did that so that when I retired, I could kind of work when I wanted to, yeah. you know. And I'm not saying that's the case for everyone, but... I think that's why so many people, especially entrepreneurs, retire. They haven't necessarily thought about the money piece of it, but they haven't thought about what does that second half of my life look like. And then they just go back to work and they're probably working harder than they did before, you know, or more hours. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the challenge. And that's one of the things we talk about in the book is really visualizing, you know, what is that going to look like? Because that's not a quantitative thing. That's qualitative. How how are you going to spend your time? We use the analogy of the, you know, the blank canvas and, Let's paint in the picture of that corners of it with the financial piece. But beyond that, what's the rest of it look like? You know, what are you doing with? Who are you spending your time with? And where are you spending it? You know, some people might want to buy a second home or a vacation home or live near near their grandkids or move as far away from their grandkids. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> you know, or end up taking care of their parents. Yes. You yes. know, or end up taking care of their parents. You know, so there's yeah. yeah, there's a lot to think about. So again, that's the importance of if you're in your fifties, you still have some time to think through a lot of those things because you're not quite ready to shut her down yet, but when you get to that point, you'll will have thought about it a lot and hopefully a lot of those things would have come true that you you know, got real intentional about. Yeah. I think the the freedom to and freedom from mindset is something good for people to walk through. Like you said, you know, you might need to take care of your parents. Well, you need freedom of time to be able to do that. Yep. Uh, yes. An, another person may say, you know, I've worked at this, where, wherever, I've worked at this company for 30 years. I've done this job for 30 years. And, and I, I want freedom from that. Or I want freedom from the people I work with. You may work in an environment where where you sit there and go, I don't ever want to see that person again. So I want freedom from the relationships. And and that's really what retirement's about. You hear the word like, hey, retire retire financially free. Mm-hmm. That's freedom of money. Yep. That's basically saying I got enough money where I don't have to trade my time for money. Mm-hmm. But in essence, you're either retire you're either wanting freedom from or freedom to. And and you have to personally define that, like yeah, Bill said. Yeah. You know, that's a good little notebook exercise. Freedom from, here's the things like I would, if I could retire from these things, I may not actually have to quote unquote retire from my job. I may just be able to figure it out, especially if I'm an entrepreneur. Do you have to wait till you're in your 50s to exercise? <laughs> no, not necessarily. <laughs> no, you can make the list right now and go, you know, I want freedom from these things so that I have time to have freedom yeah. to these. And if you put that down even now and you're in your, in your, 30s, 40s, early 50s, whatever, then your brain actually subconsciously starts going to work on those things. Like, how can I scratch this off of my to-do list? Well, I can either quit doing it, I can get somebody else to do it, I can, you know, you start thinking that way. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I didn't get to this point in the book, but I was looking forward to it. I feel like it, it, as you as you move along in the book, you guys get 
not granular, but you get kind of detailed, right? Like things, like actionable items for people to work on. I'm saying, I'm not going to say worksheet, but I feel like it's like. Yeah, we have some worksheets. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We have uh, the financial confidence quadrant. Like I know what I know. These are the things I know I'm doing well. These are the things I don't know, but maybe by mistake I'm doing well. So these are exercises to go through, kind of taking an inventory of where you are on these things. Then there are unknowns, you know. How do I know what I don't know? Well, often that takes somebody else looking from the outside looking in. Uh, So that's a good one. We we also have our strategic organizer, which is just, just a document where you can kind of compile you know, help you get organized. All those little pieces. We use that as a fact-finding kind of tool for our practice where we're you know, meeting with individuals who are engaging in, in uh, planning engagements. I think, so. I, think I, I think I received a copy of yes. that. So yeah, I'm familiar. not sure how accurately I filled it out. So yeah. I, I, these are all thinking tools, really. Yeah. Um, there are mentioned a lot of just the tools that we use in the industry to maybe get you to the goals that you're trying to, to pursue. But we, we try to use it uh, or try to present it at least, you know, a conversational tone. There's a lot of jargon in the industry and mm-hmm. we don't want to knock people over the heads with that because really we want this to be a kind of sift through the complexity of things and, and simplify it as much as we can. Yeah. yeah. And maybe so when the reader isn't quite as overwhelmed as they yeah. go through the book. One of, one of the best comments we've gotten so far by somebody that read it is that it reads like a Ted talk or a podcast. And, and that conversational tone was important to us because again, you know us so for for you, when you read it, you're like, I can kind of hear Bill mm-hmm. and Pete talking mm-hmm. right now. But for the person that doesn't know us, it is written in a very conversational dialogue. And if, you, if we get in the weeds about anything, it's when we get to the parts where we're talking about how do you think about risk? How do you think about volatility? Mm-hmm. What do these terms mean to you? Because most people have a lot of misconceptions around financial things and markets and so we lay down like, you know, this is really the, the right way to think to build long-term wealth. It's counterintuitive. And that's by definition why most people don't, don't think this don't, way. Don't think right. Way, yeah. So you have to, you, we, we get a little bit granular. We use some examples and, and stats and things like that to explain how those things work. But other than that, the purpose of it is just motivate, encourage, inspire people to Read that book, then take some sort of action step, make some sort of plan. You don't have to certainly reach out to an advisor to do it, uh, but just don't don't read it and then lay it to the side as entertainment. Read it and use it to take action. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think like there that. are enough tools and, and sort of lessons in there that somebody could read it and say, well, okay, I'm going to take those tools, get organized, go see about these things that I know I need to take action on. And whether that's by themselves or with someone else. I like what you just said right there. Because, again, you're not going to do it all in one day. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get everything organized and go meet with your financial advisor. And, I, I mean, I just, that is, it's, I'm going to equate that to cleaning out your closet mm-hmm. for the ladies' yes. listeners. But, you know, like, you're probably not, if you truly do that, you are not going to be able to do that in one day. Yeah. Um, it just becomes very overwhelming. So, I feel like when you said take a piece of that, it's like, okay. Take a portion of it, tackle mm-hmm. that portion, then next portion, yeah, you know. Yeah. There's a thing called the action checklist that people can go to the website and download that'll kind of you put those goals on there and you just check them off as you go along. It doesn't have to be done tomorrow, you know. Right. You can take your right. time. That's hard for us type A's. But again, it's that first step. Yeah. You know, take that. Yeah, and step. I think the the uh, you talked about 
obstacles a couple of times early on in the conversation. And one of the big ones is the fear of making a costly mistake. Mm -hmm. But there's also getting back to that inertia and procrastination is, you know, putting off cleaning your closet for a year. It's not really going to cost you anything, but maybe some peace of mind and clarity about your space. But, but putting off planning time is money Mm -hmm. and putting off planning, you may miss out on an opportunity or certainly, you know, markets come and go and change. You may have missed out on something there. So yeah. it, it it is important to think, like Bill said, those those clickers on the runway get quicker and quicker. Mm-hmm. And you could put off your closet for five years and other than your own personal satisfaction. Yeah. 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 It's not uncomman, you know, in a, an initial meeting where people will say, gosh, I've been meaning to see you guys for three years. Oh, yeah. And let's not make it five or six, you know, let's. Let's meet and yeah. take action. No, I think that's a great point. I guess what I'm just saying is I feel like sometimes people bite off more than they can chew. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then they it's just like trying... All my analogies. This Clearly, this is the most important, but almost like dieting, right? Somebody goes on a yeah. crash diet for a week that's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about yeah. taking pieces of this to where you don't just shut down, sure. yeah. and then it's five years, right? right. So um, that that was my point, Pete. Hey, even well, though, sure. even yeah. though I really do think clean out your closet is important. <laughs> <laughs> well, I say putting off five years, I'm just not necessarily speaking from personal experience, but I might be. On my side on, of the closet. On your side. Oh, on your side of the closet. Patrick doesn't have that many clothes. <laughs> it's very easy. It's very easy. I totally did uh, organize my closet hey, by color. Hey, thanks to the pandemic, I was able to clean out my closet and, uh, you know, sh- uh, shed some things out of there. So it's good. Yeah, yeah. All right. So anything else y'all want to add that I haven't asked? Yeah, you know, late in the book when we talk about uh, Hal Hirschfeld from UCLA, there's a professor there, mm-hmm. and we point to it in the book. So they, I, I can't remember the exact. He he does have a website, HalHirschfeld.com. This is a professor at UCLA that talks a lot about your future self, mm-hmm. and so we focus in on that because one of the things that they have discovered through brain science and some studies and all this out there is that. When, when you think of your future self, so, you know, if you're sitting there at 50 and you think of your 65-year-old self, you, your brain actually processes that person as a stranger and not as you, right? Which is kind of weird because you can't conceptualize yourself as a 65-year-old. So in, in doing these brain studies, they realize that and the people that actually can kind of identify with that person. Bill Bill did a, a video. I guess he's putting it up here yeah, pretty it's, shortly. It's yeah, it's Talk on the Horizon that. website now. Yeah, it's just that whole notion of what fires off in your brain when you're look, thinking of yourself, and what fires off or doesn't fire off when you're talking or thinking about a stranger. So yeah, it's interesting. And we do have in the book these ways of sort of you know putting yourself at your retirement party. Yeah, and sort of. What does that look like? Who's in the room? You know, where are you? What's the toast? What are you drinking? And those sort of things. So you can put yourself out there in the future where it really is you. You're going to hopefully have a retirement party. And then think about, gosh, what has to happen to me by then? All the good things, or maybe even bad, that has to happen to make me really confident about the next 20 years or 25, 30 years. Yeah, and so that's a good exercise to sort of get you in the moment and then work backwards. Because we're wired as humans to actually take care of ourselves first and then we start helping others. So those in the closest next ring out might be your spouse and your kids mm-hmm. and your mom and dad and your siblings and all that. Well, then you get out to a ring out there where it's like an unknown person. 
And you're less likely to help an unknown person than you are somebody like in your circle. And that's why this brain science thing is important because unless you see that 65-year-old as you, you're not going to help them. Yeah. So you, you're not going to sacrifice the day to help them. And yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And the other airport airline analogy would be, what do they tell you when your oxygen mask drops? Put yeah. it on yourself yeah. first mm-hmm. and then help the person mm-hmm. next to you. So look at, important. Look at this. Yeah. And that's kind of how the book reads. The all, Everything we just said is in there. Yeah, and, pretty and, much. And I think that uh, I think that it's it's not a heavy book. It's easy for people to read through. And if it does, if it just sparks a, a thing to get people to take action, I think we will have accomplished what we hope to. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so we do have the website runwaydecade.com. We have a, a podcast, Runway Decade Podcast, where we're right now interviewing people in their fifties, kind of getting in their brains. How are they figuring out what's their life like in their fifties, and what are they thinking? you know, moving forward to the next chapter in their life. It's pretty, pretty interesting. We're about seven episodes in. So we've had some really good conversations with that. You should um, interview Tommy Lejeune. Uh-huh. We will. Yeah, absolutely. He's now on the list. He's right in the heart of it. Yeah. Um, he needs to go on a podcast. Uh, maybe him and Dawn together. That'd be <laughs> even better. That would be good. So, okay. So, but the book, the um, it's available on Kindle or e-reader. Yeah. Um, it's on Amazon. It's on Amazon. Hardback and paperback. Also. Okay. We can link that. We'll and then Bill is here. working on the audio book. It should be, yeah, you know, are. within a month or so. Yeah. I think we'll have the audio book version. That's right. Um, with Bill's broadcast voice, of course. I'll do my best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's it's out there now. This week, now I don't know when the show is going to post, but the, we do have the first week promotion on the ebook mm-hmm. uh, for That's ninety nine cents. Yeah. That runs out, and then the ebook would be six ninety nine. So if you're a Kindle person, it's still yeah. pretty inexpensive to, yeah, to that download. Yeah, it is inexpensive. Do you guys get to set that price? We do. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you don't we, know do. we got we get coached on it by the people that help us right. do the book, but having not ever priced a book uh we didn't really know what to do so they said this is kind of where it should fall like sounds good yep so you know we just know that a couple of things both runways and decades come to an end this is true and we also know that new people are turning 50 every year so it's time to take action yeah that's what the book's all about 50's closer to me than 20 i'll just put it like that right absolutely so um, all right, guys. Well, thank you so much fun. for being yeah, here. We enjoyed it. Thank you. We for love having us. guests on this podcast. It's way more fun than me talking into that microphone about <laughs> compliance <laughs> issues. Ooh, ooh. But congratulations, seriously, yeah. congratulations on your success on completing the book. I really do think that it's going to be a great read for a lot of people. Um, and I will just go ahead and buy one for Tommy because he needs to read it. Awesome. Sorry, Tommy, we yes. keep calling you out, but you know he can bring it to his podcast recording, and you know we'll flip through it with him. Yeah, and you and Horizon has Horizon Financial Group has a website Horizon F, HorizonFG.com. Super mm-hmm. easy to find yep. a, a whole uh, bunch of resources there as well. So again, thank Pete y'all so and much. Bill, thank y'all very much. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>